I have something for you today that I feel uh, that will really help you. I'm going to do it at the end of the service. Um, I'm not really, I know people may think I'm crazy, but the Holy Spirit is with us at all times. We know that, okay? The Holy Spirit's with us at all times. But the Lord, through these last few months, my wife gets up very early. She works uh, over 50 hours a week. She directs the recovery at Central Baptist. So she's, she uh, goes to bed pretty early and gets up really early. And uh, a lot of times at night, I'll lay in bed, not have uh, a TV on or anything, just listen to music, listen to scriptures, listen to somebody preach. But the biggest thing that happens to me is I, I feel the Lord just comes in that bedroom. And I feel like I could cut it with a knife, you know, and... I really experienced that with the Lord, and I wouldn't trade it for anything because everything is fresh and new. Everything is real. It's, it's um, I just feel so much God there and a God moment, just like what Crystal said, God moments. It's, it's things that can change you. One moment with the Lord. So, you know, I know people write songs for God. And then people write down prayers. They feel inspired. Well, I just started writing the other night. I just felt like God had a hold of my hand. And it's an encouraging word for you all. But I, I want to give that at the end of the, of the end of the service. Because this week... Uh, I want to share with you the way that God provides for us according to the Bible. And um, I, I've, I've thought about this, this message a lot because I just see how God has provided for me, how God has provided for the church, how God provided for people in the Bible. When I was starting Grace Christian in Georgetown, we were in the Scott County Sports. Um, it was just an old building. We paid $400 a month. Back then, that was big money because we didn't have any money. And um, the bathrooms uh, were behind, like we'd have the stage there, and the bathroom was right behind me. Now, somebody had to go to the bathroom. They carried a bucket of water with them to... You knew something was happening, you know? I mean, have you ever had anybody just, you're preaching along, and then somebody, they're going right past you. You know, you have to get ready for that mentality, you know? They got to go. And so they, yep, there's another one. I'm not lying five-gallon buckets of water. Be carrying it. You say, why didn't they keep it back there? I really don't know, and I can't give you an answer about that. But Jack, you know that. That's, that's the truth. But we had these old doors with a wa water and rain would blow in. And amazingly, once a month, we had this envelope. 
and would be in cash and would be jammed underneath the door and it was exactly the rent. It was exactly to the penny what I had to pay for the rent. This continued to our church started growing some. And so we got up to about 50 people. And one day, you know, we were, we were progressing now. We were looking for another place and what to do. And um, this lady comes in. I said, hey, I've never met you before. She said, I'm the lady that sticks the envelope underneath your door. I said, thank you. You don't even know. You don't even know, and nor do you understand what that did for my faith or to move on. I don't know what we would have done, but I want you to know God used you right to the penny. I'll never forget, I met one man at Scott County Schools, and I taught at Scott County Schools for seven years, but it was because of this one man. His name was Mr. Davis. He was very kind to me. And he said, if you're a pioneer in a church, I'm going to get you a job. Never was interviewed. It was the weirdest thing. I was never interviewed for the, to be a teacher at Scott County Schools. I just, they said, can you teach? And do you have a license? Yes. You're in. So God provided. God provided for me. I got a, a person's salary that had taught 37 years. So they were out sick. They had died with cancer. Mr. Davis had taken their their place, and he said, I'm giving you this job. I'm going to go talk to the principal right now. And so I was a permanent sub, and so I got her salary after 28 days. I've seen God provide amazingly throughout my life, and if it was not for God's provision, as I think upon this Thanksgiving of how God continually meets the needs of my life, my family, the church's life, it's astonishing. And I'm very humble today to be able to stand behind this pulpit and just to say to you, God is a provider. He is our Jehovah Jireh. He will provide for you in your every need. And you know what? It's not about taking up an offering. I'm talking about he meets your every need in every way. He'll provide you a job. He will provide those things that you need for school. He'll provide the money that you need in your life. If that's what God's asking for your life, he will provide. It's one of the great signs that God is blessing you and helping you. He will provide. So as I start today, I want to give you this scripture as we start. In Deuteronomy 2.7, the Lord your God has blessed you in all your work of your hands. He's watched over your journey through the vast wilderness. These 40 years, the Lord your God has been with you. And I want you to see this last part. And you have lacked nothing. We may not have our wants met, but we have all of our needs met through God. My wants may not be met, but my needs have always been met. And God, for 40 years, this is the people that had to wander around in the wilderness that actually rejected God, and God was still with them. He provided a cloud by day, a pillar of fire by night. He poured manna out of the sky, and they would pick it up every day, but it was only good for one day, except on Saturday. 
And then they would pick it up double so that they did not have to labor on the Sabbath. So God meets our needs in every way. So as I go through these, this is not going to take very long. So you may beat the Baptists to the Golden Corral today. <laughs> number one, number one way, or first way, I should say, not the number one way, but it's through the hand of man. This is one of the ways that God meets your needs is through the hand of man. The example that we see in the Bible is when Pharaoh, really Joseph found, found favor with Pharaoh and Pharaoh put him in charge of the food and for 70 years, God provided his family and all of Israel through the hand of man. The Bible says this in Genesis 45, 7. God sent me ahead of you to preserve for you a remnant on earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. Now, that's what Joseph said. He was sent ahead. And so it was through the hand of man. You know, in America, we are really taught to be independent. But in God's system, he teaches us to be dependent upon him. It's totally different that we're said, you are a man. You get your house in order. You provide for your family. You're independent of everyone. No one helps you. But you know what? With God, he says, you must be dependent upon me. God will not allow a, a certain person to continue to hand it over to you, to hand it over to you. He will cut it off after a while. He'll cut that, that system off. God is our source, but there are different systems. And he'll cut that hand off that that person, you know what? It's not going to be from them anymore. You're going to have to depend upon me. One year in our church in Georgetown, the first three top givers moved away. Didn't leave church, just moved for jobs other places. And I thought, oh, Lord, how are we going to make it? I remember many times in our life, Marsha and I's life, when I, when I went off to Oral Roberts University, I tell you what, I said, we can make it to March. We just somehow, someway, Marsha became the youngest manager of surgery in the largest hospital in the state of Oklahoma. She had just been a recent graduate from the University of Louisville as a nurse. And somewhere or another, she, she was able to get that job. Many people were years older than her, but somehow God gave us favor. We not only made it to March, we made it through the next years of my life to be able to pay off our, the college that I was going to as we went. You know, now it's a lot of debt that people have. God was able to pay off every penny as we went along in that place. Yeah, we had to budget. It was a big deal to go to McDonald's. It was a big deal to be able to even eat out at a restaurant. We just didn't do it. We lived off, uh, my family lived on a farm, and, so, and her family lived on a farm, so we would take back beef and pork and chicken that they'd had on the farm. We had took back canned goods. Somewhere or another, we eked it out. But we had just enough just to make it. 
I think about those times, it was times that we really had to learn how to trust the Lord and how God wanted to do something in our lives to show us be dependent upon me. There was a lady that had all she had in her house was peanut butter and jelly. And so she just began to decide by faith. She said, Lord, I believe that you can help me get some bread. And so she would just say, Lord, thank you that I have the peanut butter and jelly. Lord, I'm just believing for a loaf of bread. The man next door was an atheist. And he got so tired of hearing her pray because they didn't have air conditioning back in those times. And so he decided to crawl up on a roof and drop it down the chimney so that the loaf of bread could come out so she could have some bread for her peanut butter and jelly. And so he dropped it down. She went berserk. She said, praise the Lord. Oh, praise God. God has given me all this bread for my peanut butter and jelly. The atheist was so upset. He knocked on the door. She opened it. He said, I want to tell you something. Why are you so excited? I'm the one that did. I'm the one that dropped it down the chimney. It was not God at all. She said, I'm just so happy that the devil himself delivered a loaf of bread to me and my family. That's the truth. I don't know about you, but God has brought loaves of bread to my house. He has helped me do things I did not think I could make it through. But you know what? Somehow, some way, we eke out, don't we? Praise God. The Bible says this in Luke 6, 38. Give, and it shall be given unto you. Now listen to this. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be poured into your lap. For the measure you use, it will be measured to you. So be a giver. Be liberal. Sow into people's lives. It will change their life. It will do amazing things. Years ago, when I planted the church up in Laconia, Greg and I, we had a tree that fell on our property that we bought. We bought an old general store. We had a wood stove. That's what we heated in. We sat in lawn chairs, so you understand our condition. But not only that, we took a lot of persecution. It was a different kind of church. It was very dead in that area, and just no life whatsoever. And of course, as you can see right now, this kind of worship 35 years ago, it wasn't, we were ahead of the times, okay? Jesus didn't have drums in church. People just hated it. It was great. There was great persecution when I was pastoring that church and pioneering that church. But a tree fell down. And we heard that one of the main guys around in that area wanted that tree. He thought it was on the city, but it was on our property. He wanted it for firewood. So my father-in-law, the man that he was, he said, let's cut up the tree. Let's split it and let's deliver it to this man's house. Do you know what happened? What happened was that he came home, he saw that, and he told his wife told him, said, that church in there just brought you three rick of wood. They've stacked it, they've cut it, they split it, they don't want nothing, they just said they wanted to bless you. 
You know what? From that point on, that man was totally for us. And it took from where the persecution that was coming into the church that now we begin to be favored in that church. Now my brother-in-law still pastors that church, and I believe the success and a breakthrough was just cutting up a tree and being able to give it to that man. And I tell you what, when you give to people, you give to your enemies, you give to people that may be against you, it does something that they don't even know. It's the love of God that begins to come in. It begins to change the way they talk, the way they think, and everything about them. And you know what? God wants us to understand it'll come through the hands of man sometimes. But the number two way is this, that it comes through the hand of God. It comes supernaturally. You don't even know how it actually happens. But you remember the people in the desert there was something that came out of heaven. It was called manna. Manna, let me explain it to you. It was enough food that you could put into two quarts for one person. Get this. It was two quarts for one person. If you would cram it in, when they describe it, breaking it down where you understand it. And if there was two people in your family, there would be four quarts of manna that would come. It would only be proportional to the amount of people that was in that family. For 40 years, supernaturally, the Israelites really had to depend upon the hand of God. It would come out of the sky like snowflakes, and it would land on the ground. It was only good. It would rot after 24 hours, and they could not eat it. On Saturday, because they took time for take off the Sabbath, or we should say they on Friday for the Jewish custom, and they, their Saturday was their Sabbath day, they would get double. They would get double. If you needed two quarts, now you needed four quarts. And then four quarts wouldn't really, that's so wild that it would contain itself for two days there. But as we pray the Lord's Prayer, Lord, give us our daily bread. You get what God is saying. He's saying, depend upon me one day at a time. It's one day at a time that we begin to depend upon God. And God supernaturally provides for us. And it's, this is something that you must see. God provides for you exactly for what your need may be. I'm going to put it in dollars here. If you need $1, God probably is not going to give you $2. He's going to give you $1. It's proportionate to what your need may be in your life. So whatever your need may be, God says, I will give that to you proportionally. And so that's the way God meets our needs. He, he wants us to really begin to depend upon him one day at a time. Don't look three years ahead, you'll get covered up. But just look one day at a time. And you know what? God will meet your every need. As the Bible says this, I am the vine and you are the branches. And if you remain in me and I in you, you'll bear much fruit. Apart from me, you cannot do anything. You remember the story in 1 Kings 17. He told the prophet Elijah, hey, go to the brook chariot. Stay there. I will provide for you. It was miraculous 
what actually happened. There would be a bird. They called it a raven. It was a bigger bird than a crow. Would actually bring him a ham sandwich every day and drop it off. I mean, that, that, that was a phenomenal thing. When you think about it, you tell somebody in church today, hey, you ain't going to believe what happened this week. A bird just dropped me a sandwich while I was out there deer hunting. I forgot my beanie weenies up in the tree. No, no hot dogs, no beans. I'm up there. Guess what? Bird just dropped off a sandwich for me today. This raven provided for him. But I want you to understand something. After a while, that brook dried up. And that raven quit coming. And he said, it's time to move. See, God only does it for a while. And it's through miracles. And it's through those things supernaturally that God does. And this is, this is what it says in 1 Kings 17, 3 and 4. Leave here, turn eastward, hide in the ravine east of Jordan, and you'll drink from a brook, and I've directed the ravens, undoubtedly he had plural, more than one kind of raven, to supply you with food there. When you think about that, that's so crazy. And I want you to look at this scripture in, in Exodus 16, 15. When the Israelites saw it, they said to one another, what is it? What is this stuff laying on the ground? For they did not know what it was. And Moses said to them, it's the bread the Lord has given you to eat. You, you understand what the term for this bread is, right? We call it manna. But in modern day English, we call it angel food cake. Y'all didn't get that yet. Okay, you're all slow today. Okay, let's let that one go by. That, that, was, that didn't go off. But you know what? God really starts us with forced dependency. You know, some of these things I need to work on, Marsha, and see if they actually work. God, God is not for you to be independent, but he wants you to be dependent. If your plan is what you can do, you don't have God's plan if that's all you got accomplished in your life. Most of the big plans you can't do. Then you know it's God. It's out of your hands. And it's got to be God that does it. I can tell you, I've seen time after time after time after time. The need was great. God would just pour out more blessing. You've got to understand God begins to minister to you in that way. There was enough food just for one day. Number one, it comes through the hand of man. God provides for you. Number two, it comes through the hand of God. And number three, it comes through your hands. Now just think about this a second. This, this is a very unbelievable thing when you think, well, what happened? Let me tell you this. The miracle stopped. The crisis is over, and now God says, you're going to do it through your hands. You are going to work. You are going to be able to do this. Your gift will make room for you. You know, people don't understand that scripture. Uh, a lot of times we don't never know what we have inside of us. Young people, I want you to listen to me. Get this. You've got a lot more in you than what you know. Old people or older people, 
you got more in you than you know. There's more that can come out of you. And you know what? You can't make up your gift. You know, for I took two years of Spanish in college. It was a requirement, as most places are. I, you have to get, what, 12 hours of foreign language. And, and uh, I just didn't learn Spanish. So I decided that I was going to learn Spanish. I got Rosetta Stone, and I go in my office. Crystal at that time was the worship leader at Grace. She said, could you just hold your voice down? I'm tired of saying uno, dos, tres, cuatro, cinco. You need to learn other words beside this. I said, Crystal, this is what's on Rosetta Stone. She's going to teach me exactly what to do. You know what? My gift is not to memorize Spanish. I have hola. I have a, I really would love Spanish. I really would. But you know what my gift is? My gift is when I can go in and I can meet somebody and I can make them relax and not feel like they have to make up anything and just be themselves. When I meet somebody, they may say, man, I feel like I knew you for 20 years. You know what? That really isn't who I am, but that's what the gift that God's put inside of me. And I know this, that God will stop one day the miraculous, and now he says it's time to work your hands. It's time to work your budget. I've given you the skill set. Now you begin to work. Let me prosper you. You just don't go from crisis to crisis. Now you get into a flow of God's spirit. A flow begins to happen, and you begin to work, and multiplication begins to occur. In Joshua 5, 12, it says, The man has stopped. The day after they ate his food from the land. Now they're in the promised land and they can now raise their own crops because it was a, it's kind of like this place right here. This dirt from that place about right over there, about a quarter mile this way and up about uh, three quarters this way, all the way to the interstate, back through our property right here. You can dig and there'll never be a rock. Never hit a rock. The gentleman right over here that's building a new house that lives on this farm over here, he sells the trailers on exit 53. He said, Gary, I've never, ever hit a rock. I've went 11 foot down. Well, we went down, down, down. We never hit a rock. I mean, this is good soil. I mean, I've never seen so much topsoil. He said, this is probably the best strip of land in central Kentucky. I don't know whether you realize what you bought and what the church has bought right there, but you know what? It's a good land. The land that they were moving in was fertile soil, and they were going to not just raise, eke out a little bit of garden. They was going to raise enough food to make it. So God will bless your hands. He'll use your hands to provide for you. In Deuteronomy 11, verses 9 through 12, and so that you may live long in the land the Lord swore to your ancestors, to give to them their descendants and a land flowing with milk and honey. What it's saying is, this is a good dirt. This stuff is great where you're at. The land you're entering to take over is not nothing like your little Egypt land. Here's what would happen over there. They'd raise some gardens, some leeks, and different kinds of vegetables, and they would have this foot pump. And the Egyptians would pump, show them that they would pump water up here to water 
their little garden. But over in that land they were going to, there was lots of streams and there was lots of water and the ground was really fertile. And that's what God wants you to see. God will move you from crisis, you're having these crises in your finances. God will give you miracles through that time. But once you get through that crisis, God's wanting to teach you this. He's going to provide for you through a steady flow. And through that flow, God will provide every need that you may have in your life. It's like your business. You may need some miracles as you're starting. And you may move from crisis to crisis. But there's going to come a time when God will bless you. And all of a sudden, you're going to have more business. You're going to have more income than you ever thought. If you'll stay with the Lord. And God will help you and bless you. You'll think where you start at. You know what? I started at Ford Motor Company at $4.95 an hour. I was in union work making those huge trucks at Ford Motor Company. $4.95. That was big money back then. Crazy money. Marsha started off, I believe, at an hour as a registered nurse. And we were glad to get it. You think about that. You say, well, Gary, everything has increased. Yeah, but I can honestly say this. God has blessed us and helped us. And somehow or another, I don't know how we raised three kids on what we did. But somewhere or another, God blessed us through that time. And you see that flow that would come in your life. And it says, and the land you're entering take over is not like the land of Egypt from which you come, where you planted your seed and irrigated it, listen to this, by foot. See, they had this foot pumps. You did all the energy pumping that water up there. They had these little foot pumps and would bring irrigation to the crops. But in verse 11, it says, but the... But the uh, land you're crossing, the Jordan, to take possession of this, it's a land of mountains and valleys that drinks rain from heaven. It's a land that the Lord your God cares for. It's the eyes of the Lord, uh, your God, are continually on it. From the beginning of the year to its end. Now let me just share something with you. You can either groan or you can either grow. You pick it. You can either complain about your situation or you can grow. You can either, you determine what you want to do when God's providing for you. I went, when I started school, I, I went off and played college basketball for one year. I partied all that year. That's I remember running four or five miles to get to class at eight o'clock just to get, or I was going to be cut out of that English one class. And I'll never forget that. I did not make good grades at all. I had a lot of fun, but I just didn't make any good grades. So when I applied, when, after I got saved and Decided, okay, I'm going to go to this place called Oral Roberts. I'd never heard of Oral Roberts in my whole life. 
a Baptist pastor, Marcia's, said, you need to go to Oral Roberts University. This will be a great place for you. You'll get a degree. You'll be able, it'll just take you to another level. And I tell you what, they, I, I had such bad grades, they wouldn't accept me. They said, uh, your last college. I said, I'm different. I call them up. I'm different. I've, I've got saved. I'm changed. My lifestyle's different. God's called me into the ministry. Well, sir, we cannot take anyone like you. So I call up the next day. I learn one thing. Keep on knocking on the door. I may have been young, but one thing I understood. I'd say, uh, could I talk to someone in admissions? It would be the same lady. Uh, did you call yesterday? Yeah, I... I, I called yesterday, um, but I was just wanted to tell you a little bit more of my story. She said, Gary, we do not take students like you because it's very difficult here. We put a lot upon you. You're just not academically sharp enough. In other words, I was dumb. <laughs> I got the message from her really well, but you know what I did? I called the next day. This time I got a guy. I thought, <laughs> I said, let me tell you my story. The story is working at Ford Motor Company. I want to go to school there. He said, are you familiar with the ministry here? It got really quiet on the other end, my end. I said, sir, I've never heard of Oral Roberts in my life. But my pastor told me, this is the college that I needed to go to, the university I needed to go to. He said, our standards are very, very high. We only take the top 10% of anybody in their class. Was you in the top 10%? It was quiet on my other end there. And uh, I said, would you just give me a shot? Mr. Brown, we do not have any openings at all. The whole class is full. And I'm sorry, I, I'd love to be able to take a chance for you, but I just can't. I said, thank you. I just knew one thing. I got that guy again. Hey, I said, this is Gary Brown. I was just checking. If somebody would drop out, would you take me in the freshman class? He said, you're not going to believe this. We just had someone drop out. I said, I believe this is God, don't you? I believe this could be the Lord. He said, Mr. Brown, you're going to have to take a class to learn how to study. I said, I don't care. Whatever you want to do, I don't care. I, I really don't care what, what you do with me as long as I can come there. It was so funny when I arrived there. I had real long hair. And I didn't know they had a dress coat. I didn't know anything about no dress code, man. I, I had hair down to here and just living life. You know what I'm saying? I'd just freeze a bird out here, you know. And they looked right at me and they said, Gary, you, you can't get into school. I said, why? I said, your hair is too long. I, I said, do you know a barber? They said, yeah, right up there. She's cutting people's hair off right in line. So I stood up. I said, do whatever you want to me. I don't care if you buzz me, scissor clip. Just do it. So she just started trimming. 
I said, does that meet the standard? That meets the standard. So they put me in this class. And they put it, it was at 7 o'clock in the morning. Anybody ever go to college? I don't, I don't think anybody likes 7 o'clock. Anybody ever take a 7 o'clock class? You know what 7 o'clock classes are for? They're for the dumb people <laughs> that, that don't have any study techniques and they want you to study and so they're getting you up early so that you wouldn't come in late and do stupid stuff. So I got up at 7 o'clock. They would say, Mr. Brown, sit straight up in your chair. This is in college. There's a, there's a lamp, actually, put it over your shoulder so that you can really see it. Have you checked your eyes, eyesight lately? No, no I'm not, I got that. But um, just put this lamp here. You sit here. We want to see, after you comprehend this, if you can answer the questions. This is three days a week. After a while, it became very humiliating. I understood. I'm with all the dumb people now. And uh, you know what? I dug in. I took 18 and a half hours the first semester in college. I never took less than that. I took 26, 27 hours in college. You know what happened to me? I went there on probation, and I ended up in the second semester there. I was on academic scholarship. I got straight A's. And, you know, from then on, I got that academic scholarship. And I said, I don't want to just get through the school in, in four years. I'm going to do it in three years. They said, well, you, you can't take over 18 and a half hours. Well, if you get it signed by somebody, you can. So I started taking 25 hours, 26 hours. I just burned up another year just to save a year, and I got out. You know what I learned through all that? If you apply yourself, God expects that, and he's going to use your hand to be able to do those things. How many believes that right there? He makes you quit living on miracles. The manna stops. You, go, you stop from crisis to crisis, but you get in a divine flow. You get the better land. If you can do it, I'm not doing it for you. God says that. If you, if you can do it, I'm not going to do it for you. He gives you purpose. And you know what? He moves you beyond the crisis. Your moving is coming. Four, let me go on the last one. I'm about finished. Number one, through the hand of men, through the hand of God, through your hands. And the last one is through the hands of of the enemy. You understand that? You're thinking, what do you mean? The enemy delivers things for you. People that don't even like you. Somewhere or another, the attacks. I, I found out this about, about the enemy. If you're being attacked, I wrote these two things down, and I want, I want you to see this. You're very valuable to God in your assignment. And number two, your level of blessing is going to be more than you can imagine after you get through this attack. You have got to feed off the attacks. I'm going to say this to you. You've got to feed off of your attacks. If you don't learn how to feed when the devil is coming at you, you've got to say, you know what? He thinks this assignment he wants me to take me out on. He will attack your family. 
He will attack a lot of things. But if you will stay the course and you don't start groaning, oh, I can't stand this. He's putting too much pressure on me. And then just start, instead of groaning and, and complaining, you decide, I'm going to grow up right here. These attacks, I'm not going to let them knock me down. I'm going to feed off that attack. It's like, you know what? It's in basketball terms. There's people, it's great. They look great when they're dribbling the ball up the floor with no pressure on them. But I tell you what, you start pressing them, balls start going everywhere. You know what? Because you're pressing that attack against them strategically. And that's what the devil does. He strategically thinks if he can put pressure on you, you'll back down. In other words, you cannot back down against the devil. If he attacks your family, if he attacks you, whatever it may be, you keep on pressing forward. The hand of the devil will have to feed you. The money that he's stolen, the things that he's taken out will have to return to you. If you'll stay faithful during this time, and God wants you to understand that, you will get into a new level. Listen to this, Numbers 14, 9. Only do not rebel against the Lord and do not be afraid of the people of the land. Don't be intimidated by stuff because we will devour them. Their protection is gone, but the Lord is with us. Do not be afraid of them. Do not be afraid of them. Do not be intimidated by your situation. Don't be intimidated by people. Attacks of the enemy can come through people. They bring persecution to you. They slander you. They accuse you falsely. This happens every day of the week. You know, you're the bad guy while you're trying to help somebody pull them out of the ditch. You know, just do not be intimidated by those things. Don't back up. Step up. And you know what God will do? He'll bless you. He'll bless you to a new level, and it will continue throughout your life. I'm through with that. I, I've said about all that I can say. How many understand those four? Number one. What's number one? Let me hear if you got number one. The hand of man. Hand of man. Number two. The hand of number three. Hand of your hands. Number four. <laughs> the devil has to deliver to you. Sometimes people have to hire you and they don't even like you. It's amazing. You get the promotion. You think, why? 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 All right. I promised you one thing right here. I didn't have any notebooks, so it's got, it actually has popcorn stain on it right here. <laughs> but the Lord was with me. I'm telling you, I enjoyed this. If you don't understand this, it's a word of encouragement. I feel like I just start writing crazy on. Y'all ready for this word of encouragement? If I use the word I in this, I'm talking about the Lord, not Gary, okay? So this is like it's coming from the Lord. And if it doesn't match up with the Bible, then it's really not God. So I, I wanted to, I've never done this before, so I'm going to do it just the way the Lord wants me to do it right here. So y'all ready to receive this? The very reason the devil is attacking is not because of your yesterday, but because of your tomorrow. It's now a new season, and I have made your enemies your footstool. I'm working on your behalf behind the scenes, 
things that you have never saw before. Your years of suffering is getting ready to pay off. There is a shift that is going on in your life right now. There is a new season for you and your family. The Holy Spirit began moving in the mid of January and was not noticed by most. There have been a chain of reactions of spiritual events that have occurred. You have been enduring hardships and wounds, but this is a new season to be healed. Things are going to change quickly. I am your, I, I, I am your vengeance in all situations. I am delivering you of your situation that you have been in for some time. Things will be made new. I'm not a quitter, but a finisher. I don't have a partial plan for you, but a full big plan for you. Remember, I, or God, always has the last word. And I will shake, this is according to scripture, but I felt this part. I will shake everything. You understand what I'm talking about? That there's a scripture, and I believe it's in the book of Amos or uh, Micah, but it's in, over in the New Testament Hebrews. He said, I will shake everything, every marriage, every relationship, every church. If it does not fall, it is of me. It will stand. Y'all catch that? So I will shake everything. Those things that are of me will stand but those things that are not of me will fall. That's why you got to build your marriage, your home upon the Lord. For the winds of my spirit are blowing upon your life and upon your seed. And I say unto you, rejoice. And again, I say rejoice. That's all I got. I hope that encourages you. I believe the Lord was directing my pen. It's not equal to the Bible. It's just an encouraging word. And I just want to tell you today, God is going to provide for you. I want your faith. Maybe you've been beat up, knocked down, drug out before. I'd like to have a, a prayer with people right in their seats. If you are here today and you really are... Believing God to provide for you. Maybe you're looking to go to college and the finances may not be there or a particular school or whatever it may be. Don't let that stop you. Don't ever let money stop you if it's the Lord's will. I'm going to say it to you again. Don't ever let money stop you if it's the Lord's will. If, it's, if, if it is for you to go to school, you need to believe. And it's very expensive to go to school. It's crazy expensive. But you know what, parents? Don't put a limit upon your children because you may not have the finances. Let, let the sky open up. And let the heavens be open unto you. Believe God for those things. You say, well, rationally, Gary, we cannot do it. But if it's the Lord's will, you do it. You go against circumstances. You do not look at things. If you cannot look at the situation and say, I don't have the money to do that. You know what? If it's the Lord's will, start walking toward it. The Lord will provide for you. Maybe a job, you need more money for a job that you're, hey, Lord, I'm believing for more. I'm, 
I'm being faithful to tithe and give. Maybe you need a better job. You're believing for provision. You're believing for provision for your children that may be out around and not have a job. I want to I pray with you. If that's you, just stand up your feet. You feel like you want to get prayer this morning. If that's you, as I close right here, I want to pray with you right now. For those that's listening online, we're glad that you're with us. May the Lord bless you.